Hello and welcome to another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Perry. Thank, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Will Smith's Right Hands Favorite Football Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Like I said, I'm joined once again by my illustrious co-host, Mike Fair. How's it going, Mike? Oh, it's going, Joe. What's up, guys? Dude, I'm so pumped to be back for another episode. Like, you don't even know. Dude, it's it's good to be back. Thank you guys for the feedback on uh, our first episode back from our, from our long long time off it was fun to get back into things fun to talk last week was a jam-packed episode and i we, we managed to fit it all into one episode but it's definitely slowed down quite a bit from where we were last week and in the last few weeks for sure yeah no that's for sure like there was a point where every 20 minutes we were getting notifications about things going on in the nfl and now it's like every two three days like oh hey like the Ravens are looking into signing so-and-so player. Like, oh, that's interesting. Like, maybe it'll happen. Like, it's it's died down quite drastically. Yeah, we've gone from, like, being full. Like, we, we like we just had a huge dinner and we're, like, full to the point where we want to throw up. And now we're searching for scraps. We're, like, searching through the yeah. dumpster. We'll take anything at this point. Yes, that is for sure, Joe. Yeah, no, but on today's episode, we still got a fun show for you guys. We're going to go through basically just the news, things that are going on. And then we'll branch off and do a couple other things like uh, at the end of the episode, we'll drop some remaining free agents, good fits for them, where we want to see them go. But other than that, we're just going to go over the news. We got a couple uh, contract extensions. We got some coaches, coaching news. Uh, we had a trade just drop right before uh, we started recording this and it, it actually has to do with both of our teams. So that's kind of an exciting place to go. But it might be a little bit of a shorter episode today. Uh, we got some plans here going on later so we can't be in here too long but we'll try to just make it just as good as last week's long episode yeah. uh how's that sound mike oh i'm in joe i mean uh, the energy is high today energy is high i love it i love it uh why don't we start things off just going through the news and and, and why don't we go with the freshest thing that just happened and that was my team and your team the dolphins mm -hmm. uh, for me and the in the patriots for you respectively just made a trade uh, which is weird. We don't often see interdivision trades. We don't see teams trading within. Although I feel like the Dolphins and the Patriots trade more than any other division rivals. Like it feels like it happens fairly often. Yeah, this is very true. Um, it does blow me away. Like when I got the notification, uh, of course, we are talking about Devontae Parker uh, coming to the Pats. I believe he it was Devontae Parker and a 2022 fifth rounder for a 2023 third rounder. Yeah. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Um, Parker coming to the Pats. Uh, the Dolphins and Pats, even though they are rivals, um, they do send players back and forth. I believe Wes Welker was one, a big one yeah. back then. Um, not sure. Like, did Danny Amendola play? Uh, Danny Amendola did play ahead, on Joe. both teams. But uh, the Dolphins also, like, not last season. I think the season, yeah, the season before, they traded Isaiah Ford, also another receiver, to the Patriots oh, there yeah. for a bit. He, I don't think he ended up ever even playing for the Patriots. I think they cut him pretty. I don't think so. Pretty quickly, and then he was back with the Dolphins this last season. But they like made a few trades like here and there throughout the drafts and stuff. And obviously, Wes Welker getting traded to to the Patriots was just a horrible mistake by the Dolphins front office. But Mike, I am curious what your thoughts are. Uh, we'll start with you. Get your thoughts on because your 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 team is the one acquiring a player here um uh, what are your thoughts on on the trade uh, on the player uh yeah what were your thoughts when you saw this notification hit uh i'm excited joe i am very excited um our receiving core i'm not saying we have the best one in the nfl by any means but it does help <laughs> a lot not. when you get a six foot three uh big jump ball type of receiver uh nelson aguilar is kind of like our deep ball threat meanwhile you know, he's not really a big threat. But this just gets rid of Nikhil Harry, in my opinion. And uh, I know a lot of people are high on Nikhil. Well, I've, I've been pretty low the last two years. He's absolutely tanked. He's been one of our wasted draft picks. He's really not tried or shown any um, progress. So I'm hoping we cut him, which would leave, I think, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne, who shined last year. So our receiving core, I feel like, just got a lot better. Um, we already have Hunter Henry and um, Johnny Smith. So I think our offense with the, the three-headed monster in the backfield and Mac Jones, our, our second-year quarterback now, I think our offense is looking pretty good. And, you know, we got um, 
was it Landon Collins from the from the Giants in a trade or and or we signed him to a deal. We got Malcolm Butler back. Like the Pats are are, are going to be one of those sneaky teams in the AFC. I'm thinking like a seven seed, six seed. Um, but they they could possibly do some damage. And you know, with the draft coming up, I'm I'm pretty excited. Um, but what what do you think, Joe? How did how did this help the Dolphins? Yeah, um, I personally I hated this trade for the Dolphins. I'm not going to lie about it. Uh, I was not a fan of of the Dolphins trading Devontae Parker to the Patriots. Um, I don't listen. I don't think we traded Jerry Rice away or anything. Like it's not it's not the end of the world. But any time that you make a you make a division opponent better, I think that's a I, that's not a great move. And Devontae Parker is a good receiver, Mike. I think you guys are getting a good player. The the biggest problem with Devontae Parker is that he can't stay healthy. That that's the biggest issue with him. He's got injury issues, um, and he's got he's got um, yeah he just can't stay on the field. Uh, there's been some rumors about potential um, potential uh, maturity issues. Like he you know he he's not like the most mature of guys, and he can kind of take plays off. But honestly, when he is uh, when he's playing and he's healthy and he's motivated. He is a really, really good receiver, and I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything bad about him in in that regard. I do think he's a very talented receiver, and I think he instantly becomes uh, the best receiver on the New England Patriots uh, as of right now. Uh, I, I, that's what, that's my opinion. I think he is a a good receiver. I think, I think, uh, I, I don't understand. Like, I, I just felt like the Dolphins. Could you not have gotten this deal from like? any other team like couldn't you have gotten this deal from the new england patriots couldn't you have got i'm sorry from the they did get it from the patriots from the philadelphia eagles like i i just don't like i don't like trading to a division rival you know yeah no i i understand that because if Devontae can stay healthy i feel like this is gonna be one of those trades where belichick's just like hey if he can stay healthy he is you know he's a he's a huge addition to the to the receiving core um, and then we get to, you know, burn the dolphins twice a year. And if it doesn't pan out, what would we lose a 2023 third round pick? Like, yeah, it's a pick, but I mean, our drafting, like the, our, our draft picks normally are not the best. Um, so I think in his eyes, he was like, you know what? It's kind of like a win-win situation here. Cause I think the Patriots won this trade, um, by a lot. And I would like to get your take on that, but yeah, I think. I think if he can stay healthy, then then our receiving core, if Mac Jones can be as accurate as he was last year, I mean, our, our receiving core is going to be pretty dangerous, which we needed because all we had really was a Hunter Henry last year and Kendrick Bourne, and that was basically it. Yeah, and uh, I think you saying the Patriots won this trade, is, it's, it's, a, it's a fair point. Um, and I think, I, think, I think it's, you can really see it uh, either way. Um, but to me, um, I can understand sort of why that, again, I, I don't understand trading him to the New England Patriots. That part for me makes no sense. But I, I think what the Dolphins are doing, you know, he's turning 29. He's not, he's not young anymore. I do think he's a good receiver. Don't get me wrong. Again, I'm not trying to talk crap. I do think Devontae Parker is a very, very talented receiver. And he has honestly beat up the Patriots at times. He, I remember a game a few years ago, he really punished Stephon Gilmore. And he's had some good games against J.C. Jackson. Uh, he's a big jump ball guy. He can go up and get those those, those uh, contested catches. And I do re- I do really like Devontae Parker. The injuries were the most frustrating part, really, for me. Um, but I understand what the I, to me this feels like. The Dolphins are loading up for next year's draft. Like they just traded away another draft pick in this year's draft. They have almost none in this year's draft. But then they got a third round pick in next year's draft. To me, this screams what I think I already talked about this on last week's episode. The Dolphins, to me, and this is my opinion, I think are loading up on next year's assets just in case Tua is not the guy for next season. I think they're loading up to trade for a quarterback, whether that be a veteran guy or whether that be a guy through the draft. To me, uh, that, that, that's what it seems like they're doing here. But overall, like I think a good trade for the Patriots I think they got they got better. The Patriots definitely got better. Dolphins uh, probably got worse. Although, I mean, Devontae Parker was probably going to be the third or fourth receiver on this team anyways. But definitely, if he can stay healthy, he'll definitely be a difference maker uh, on that Patriots team. Joe, I got one more question before we move on to some more news. 
Will the Patriots allow Devontae Parker to take Julian Edelman's number and wear number 11? <laughs> I doubt that. I really doubt that. I don't know if you think... You think they're going to retire the number 11? I feel like 11, 87, and 12 all need to be retired. Um, they were there big, you, you know, of course, big players. And that long, long run there from 2010 to 2019 or whatever, 2018, whatever it was. So, if anything, he'll probably shoot out a text to Edelman and, and get the number. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest, I wouldn't even be surprised if someone's wearing the number right now. And I'm just not thinking about it. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I, don't I, think... I, feel, I don't think there was, but um, I think he'll ask. But I, I feel like that that's going to be a retired number. Yeah. Well, he wore number nine, I believe, at Louisville. So, maybe now that, we can do, now that they can do single-digit oh. numbers... Judon, baby. Matthew Judon's Oh, yeah, nine. shoot. Sorry, Matt's Matthew Judon. Mr. Red Sleeves. Oh, I forgot about that. I forgot that defenders can wear the single-digit numbers now, too. So, hey, I'm going to say it. Last year, when we talked about the single-digit numbers, I hated it. I hated it. Absolutely love it now. There I you go. it's one of the best things the NFL did, so Dude, it grew on me. I, lo- I loved it, too. I think it's a really cool thing. Anyways, we can't talk too much about that. We got a, lo- a lot of yeah. stuff to talk about. But staying on my Miami Dolphins, they did sign... A, uh, a brand new contract for uh, all-pro defensive back Xavier Howard. They promised last year when they restructured his deal that they were going to reassess uh, his contract and likely sign him to a new deal. So they sign him. They tack Essentially, they just tack two years on to what was a five-year, $75 million contract. They tacked two years on it. So now it is a, it is a um, I believe, a five-year, $90 million contract with uh, the most guaranteed money uh, for a defensive back in NFL history. I couldn't find out how much guaranteed money it was. I don't know why. I even looked on Spotrack. It shows, it shows right here, like, with $50.7 million, uh in new money. So, in I don't know if that's money. guaranteed. Yeah. I, yeah. I, saw, I saw that number, too. I was like, is new money, does that mean that... I, I, I had such a hard time. They said most guaranteed by a defensive back ever, but I could not find... Where it said how much guaranteed. I don't know if that 50 million is his guaranteed money. But anyways, the most guaranteed money uh, for defensive back in NFL history. Uh, the I, b- I believe he's 27, 28 years old. Uh, in a, in uh, six years in the NFL, he's got 27 interceptions. Uh, he's got th- uh, three Pro Bowls and one first team All-Pro uh, in his six-year career. And the Dolphins continue to spend big-time money, big guaranteed money this offseason. They brought back Emmanuel Ogba. They're going to bring back Xavier Howard on a big contract. Uh, you know, they brought in Teron Armstead, Tyreek Hill. The Dolphins continue to spend wild in this offseason. To me, listen, I, this is something they had to get done if they wanted to bring Xavier Howard back. So I'm, I'm all for it. I do worry down the road they might have money issues. Uh, that part kind of scares me. But, uh, Mike, I'll get your thoughts on, on the Dolphins. It doesn't have to be a whole lot because we got a lot to talk about. But uh, just your overall thoughts on the Dolphins signing Xavier Howard to, to that new contract. I hate it because um, that means <laughs> their defense is going to get better. <laughs> and we already lost, like I said, multiple times on this podcast. We've lost to them twice last year. Um, we usually lose to them every year. Um, we play them usually game one and game 17 or 18. And it's always with playoff uh, implications and we usually lose and it screws us in the playoffs. So I hate it. But no, I think it's good for him. Um, it's good seeing the players get money. I know a lot of people um, I talk to absolutely hate it because they say they just complain until they get money. But I'm like, these guys are out there um, making the NFL what it is, putting their bodies on the line. So, you know, you you expect to get paid. Um, so that's great for him. I know he's a really good defensive player. So uh, I feel like he's going to absolutely help the Dolphins next year for sure. Um with this new contract instead of opposed to do you think he would have sat out if they wouldn't have given him an extension i i if they wouldn't have given him this contract he would have likely he would have most likely been traded i think or he would have sat out until he got traded that's my assumption i think he made it quite clear he wanted to a new contract going into this year they already readjusted Um, his contract last year so mm -hmm. Well, I mean, with all the big signings we've seen this offseason, I think it's becoming more and more of a thing where guaranteed money is needed uh, or players are requiring it. um, And they are willing to now sit if they don't get what they think is worth. Like um, Tariq Hill was willing to um, just, I don't know if he was willing to sit, but, you know, contracts uh, talk stopped dead in the water in Kansas City because he saw what uh, Devonta Adams got and he thought he was worth more. Mm -hmm. Um, So these big name players... They're not taking um, home sweet home discounts anymore. No. They want their money. Um, so NFL is going to get pretty interesting in the upcoming years, like with the, with the whole cap thing. 
um, and how we're able to even afford uh, players because it just seems like every year we're negative $35 million in cap or one team is and all of a sudden they sign a yeah. guy to a $50 million contract and you're like, I don't get it, but yeah, I mean, I'm not running the numbers, so. Exactly. And I'm not going to act like I, I know anything about the cap. I'm very clueless when it comes to money and like this new money mm-hmm. and guaranteed money and partially guaranteed money and, and all this stuff. It confuses me. Uh, and I don't like people say the cap isn't real. Maybe it is. I have no idea. And the cap is supposed to be keep going up the next few years like crazy because they're signing these big new TV deals or whatever. But I don't know. I do worry that the Dolphins could get themselves into money trouble because they've done it before. But then you see a team like the Saints who's at negative yeah. like a hundred million dollars in the cap and they somehow make it out and had enough room to bring in Deshaun Watson and his massive contract. So I don't, I don't totally understand how it works, but for the most part, like, and you, like you were talking about like players complaining about money, it is kind of annoying. Listen, as a fan, it is a little bit annoying if a, if a player is like, Oh, I'm not going to play and they'll have a new contract as a fan. It is annoying as a person. I'm like, Hey, go get your money. You know, it's not my money. I'm not yeah. spending money on these players. But, you know, it's, it is, you got to find that fine line of, you know, you want your team to be good and you want to have good players on cheap deals, but also you want your players to be, you know, to, to get what they deserve. But no, I do, I do think this is a good, um, good re-signing for the Dolphins. I'm excited for this defense. I'm excited for this team, uh, excited for this division. I think this division is going to be really fun this year. Yeah, no, I think, I think the AFC is just shaping up to be really fun. Um, you got the East with the Bills, which I've become a decent you know, I get a lot of hate for it, but I'm kind of becoming a Bills fan. Not like they're, you know, of course, going to take over as uh, my favorite team. But I love Josh Allen. I love what the Bills have been doing. They're getting a new stadium. Um, yes. A massive stadium. Um, and then you got the Pats, as always. You got the the Dolphins, who are making all these big uh, name uh, accusa- uh, ac- acquisitions, if I could speak. Um, the Jets really haven't done a whole lot. Um but yeah, and then you got the AFC. Is it the West that just bulked up this year? Um, and of course, the North. You can't sleep on the North. And the, what is it? The South. The South kind of just, I mean, they were trying to make some big name. Or they were they were paying out a lot of money to players that really didn't deserve it, in my opinion. But I mean, <laughs> whatever that. Yeah, but I think the AFC is going to be a lot of fun this year. I feel like there's eight or nine Super Bowl contenders in the, in the AFC and maybe like two or three in the NFC. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But why don't we move on to an NFC team and it's the defending NFC champion and Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams signing Bobby Wagner, uh, the 31-year-old linebacker, uh, formerly of the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he played in Seattle for, uh, I don't even know how many years. I thought I had it written down, but he, he's played there for at least 10 years, I believe. He's got it's eight like 10 Pro or 11, Bowls. I think. Yeah, 10 or 11 years, six, uh, eight Pro Bowls. Six first-team All-Pros. He won a Super Bowl. He's also the 2010s All-Decade team. So a phenomenal, one of the best linebackers of all time. Signs a five-year, $50 million contract. This seems like a big contract. Five years, $50 million for a, a uh, 31-year-old player. I, I haven't seen the contract info. Like, they didn't really have it anywhere on Spotrack or Spotrack, however you say that. They don't have it in there yet. But I, I'm assuming this contract is not as big as it looks because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I feel like it'll be kind of like the Von Miller contract where it's like it's a five-year deal, but really it's a two-year deal. But, Mike, I'm, I'm excited to know your opinion on the Rams, a team that you've been critical of going the whole super team route. What are your thoughts on them bringing in Bobby Wagner? Dude, the rich just get richer, Joe. Um, <laughs> I don't get how they, they're doing it, uh, signing Matthew Stafford. I mean, I guess they won the Super Bowl, so I don't know if they get like massive amounts of money for that. But, you know, they re-signed Matthew Stafford. Um, they brought in uh, Allen Robinson. Now they get Bobby Wagner, which, you know, I guess is going to replace Vaughn Miller. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not as mad this year because really like they're the only good team in the NFC, so it's not like... Um, like, I feel like even if they don't sign Bobby Wagner, they were still like the best team in the NFC. So it's like, I mean, yeah, he helps, but not like a whole lot, but I, I I don't know. I'm a big Bobby Wagner fan. So it's good to see him go somewhere and possibly have more success, uh, than with Seattle cause Seattle, I don't know what they're trying to accomplish at the moment. So it's so good for Bobby Wagner getting a deal. And I feel like that defense is just equally as scary as it was last year. So um, I, I feel, I really feel like they're already basically, they have a clear path to the Super Bowl again. Yeah, I definitely, and the NFC is so, you know, ravaged of talent this off season, yeah. but 
I, I love the Bobby Wagner signing. Uh, and as long as it's not really a genuinely a five-year deal, which I'm, I just really doubt that it it, it is. Uh, I'm yeah. sure there's, there's team options and stuff at the end of that deal or whatever. But uh, they, they filled essentially the biggest need on their defense, a very talented defense already. And, you know, they got Jalen Ramsey. They got Aaron Donald. Um, and, you know, they have Leonard Floyd, guys like that all across that defense. And I think their biggest need was the off-ball linebacker. Uh, and to bring in Bobby Wagner, the best off-ball linebacker we've seen in the last decade, really. Bring him in. Just have him be a leader, you know, on that team. And really coach up guys like, I believe it's Ernest Jones is the guy who who played pretty well for the Rams there down the stretch uh, at linebacker. Coach up a guy like that and just, just be a leader. Be, you know, just a solid player. Like, he still played really good last year. He had 170 combined tackles, which was one of the best in the league. So, he's definitely not washed up. He's all over the place. Uh, you know, he's definitely not what he used to be, but it's because he's getting older. Yeah. He's, he's 31 uh, at this point. I think I think he'll be 32 by the time the season starts. So I like the signing. I know it's kind of annoying. It is annoying. Like I, I know when the Rams signed Allen Robinson, that's when I got kind of annoyed. I was like, come on, like they can't sign everybody. The Bobby Wagner thing, I I knew as soon as he was released by the Seahawks, I was like, I gear. I think I even messaged my buddy Joel the second it happened. I was like. They're going to sign. The Rams are going to sign Bobby Wagner. So I, I, I figured this would happen, and it did happen. And like you said, the rich get richer, and then uh, you know the rest of the team's got to pick up the scraps. But it doesn't always work to sign all the big names. It has worked for the Rams recently, but we'll have to see here down the stretch. Uh, but moving on to the another NFC team, probably the second biggest contender in the NFC, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had some news break this week as Bruce Arians steps down as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, moving into a front office role as a senior advisor, which sounds like a completely fake title. That just means you get paid to <laughs> sit in an office. I mean, come on. I think even Bruce Arians said himself, like, it's not even a real job. But uh, he steps down. Todd Bowles, uh, basically handpicked by Bruce Arians to be the new head coach. He signs a five-year deal to be the new head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, initial thoughts on this. Um, so I was kind of surprised, but also not like shocked. I think there's a lot of rumors that this was going to happen. Even last year, after they won the Super Bowl, I think there was rumors that he was going to retire. And there's a lot of rumors of beef between him and Brady. And Brady came in and, and basically said, I'm coming back, but Bruce can't be here. I'm curious, do you, do you believe any of that, Mike? Do you believe that there was beef between Brady and Arians and that's why all this happened? I feel like there might have been a bit of tension, but it's probably not because I, I wouldn't call it beef. I feel like Bruce just treated Tom Brady like, you know, he's he's Tom Brady. Um he um probably didn't get kind of like the bell check, I guess, uh method where he didn't give him all the special attention, like, hey, you're a player, but you know, at the end of the day you're just you're just a player, you're not like something, you know, super star, or whatever, even though he is. I, I don't know if it's necessarily beef, but I, I feel like Bruce Aaron's just doesn't care who you are like if you're not going to help yeah. the team win then at the end of the day you're out of here um so i don't know if brady wanted him out but i don't know how i feel about this one because i mean um todd bowles has had uh prior coaching um and wasn't he was he with the jets was it with the jets yeah, yeah he had a yeah, uh, um, a 24 and 40 record in four seasons with the jets yeah so now i guess we'll have to see if um if he's gotten any better i know he's a great defensive coach mm -hmm. but um like i don't know i uh i feel like with tom brady of course his record you know like the, i feel like the bucks are gonna you know at least have a winning season but i, I don't know joe i don't know how i feel about his coaching methods yeah we're not we'll have to see i think it's definitely inter interesting to see todd bowles on a team that is actually good i think the jets were kind of a mess when todd bowles was there it'll be interesting to see um, Todd Bowles on a team that uh, is actually built, a team that's ready to win and not a team that's kind of like a mess. Like I said with the Jets, they were kind of a mess when he was there. So I think it'll be a good litmus test to see if Todd Bowles uh, can actually coach. And, and as, far, as, far as, um, as far as Bruce Arians goes, um, Bruce Arians in his career has an 89-51-1 career record. Uh, he's got one Super Bowl two coach of the year awards uh this guy has been you know he's coached some of the best uh he's coached some of the best 
uh, quarterbacks in NFL history. Like he, Bruce Arians has Bruce Arians has coached teams that have uh, you know Tom Brady. He's coached Peyton Manning. He's coached Carson Palmer. He's coached um, who else did he did he coach? He coached oh Big Ben Roethlisberger. So Bruce Arians has definitely had quite a coaching career. Honestly, kind of an underrated coaching career for Bruce Arians. Um, I'm curious if he'll make a hall, the Hall of Fame one day. I, I don't. That's that would be an interesting thing to kind of kind of go back and look at. Like he's had like 89 and 51 in his career. That's like a pretty good. He was really good on the Cardinals back when he was coaching the Cardinals as well. Yeah. Uh, and he he took over for Chuck Pagano that one year. Yep. In in Indy and and coached them up, I believe, to the playoffs. And I think that's when he yes. won his, his first coach of the year. So uh, to me, I don't know. I think he has a Hall of Fame case, especially with that Super Bowl ring. Yeah, no, that's for sure. Um, I genuinely, I genuinely like Bruce Arians as a coach. Uh, I like I, for the reason being, he just doesn't care uh, who you are. Like he wants the best for the team. Um, and yeah, like you said, he's had prior success with with Indianapolis, with Arizona, and now with Tampa Bay. Um, so I'm curious how much um, how much say he's gonna have. Like what kind of role he's gonna have in the team. Um, I know he said he kind of has his own made-up role, but I wonder how much like influence he's going to have on the coaching staff and, and what they do. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see um, how that all pans out, though. Absolutely. And it'll be an interesting season for the Buccaneers. Uh, and uh, cheers to, to uh, Bruce Arians on essentially a retirement, but in, you know, with a different name to it. Um, just a just a quick heads up for those listening. If all of a sudden it seems like there's a few moments where things are a little bit off in this show, we're having a little bit of technical difficulty. So just bear with us. If all of a sudden it seems like I'm kind of trailing off and like I I don't like it, it's like why is Joe talking a little bit different? Uh, we've had some technical difficulties, so just bear with us there. I think I feel like we've done a pretty killer job so far. I feel like it. we filled that in very well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but on to the next article of news in this news roundup episode um the nfl uh, the owners meetings were this week the owners were meeting in florida and they announced a rule change uh, this is the time for rule changes at the these owners meetings and the biggest news essentially to come out of uh the owners meetings is the nfl has officially changed the overtime rule there's been just so much talk about it since the end of the season since uh we saw the Buffalo Bills lose uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs on the first possession there of overtime in one of the greatest football games we've ever witnessed. Uh, you know, we, we heard this just for months uh, about the OT rule being changed. And now they officially change it for the postseason only. So it stays the same during the regular season. But during the postseason, both teams now will get a chance to win or to possess the ball. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe after that, it's sudden death, right? After after both yep. teams get get possession, it is sudden death. Yeah, like uh, next score wins, I believe. Okay. Um, so yeah. Yeah. What are what are your thoughts on on this on this rule change? Do you like it? Do you think that they should have just kept it the way it was? I believe I saw Mike Tomlin even wanted to go back to the old way where it was just sudden death, uh, like even field goals. I don't like that idea. But what are your thoughts on on the new overtime in the postseason? I don't know. I I'm gonna say I don't like it. Really? Um, and here's why: because basically, what you're saying is um, your defense now doesn't have to show up to play um, for the for the for the first two drives of overtime. Um, that's that's why I like the old rule. Like everyone complains, like, well, now both teams will get a chance. Like, you know, we got robbed. I was like, no, you didn't get robbed. Like, if your defense, like the bit, like we'll just uh, use the example of if the Bills, the number one ranked defense, I think last year. Yeah. What is held up for 13 seconds, they win the game. But then they had a whole drive in overtime to stop the Chiefs, and they didn't do it. Mm -hmm. So now you're basically just saying, hey, you know, you don't need defense. Um, your offense will get a chance. Um, so I don't, I don't like it in that aspect because we watched the Bills lose, but then also we watched the Bengals beat the Chiefs in overtime playing good defense. You know, they got the pick, they went down, and I believe kicked a field goal and won the game. Um, I would have much rather – I saw one – where it's like first team to get the ball has a score touchdown and a two point conversion oh, to yeah. win the game on the spot. If they don't, the next team will get the ball. If they score a touchdown and a field goal, it's over. Um, so that'd be cool. I, I would have rather like eight points wins the game on the first drive. I do think that that's that's 
I almost didn't even really think about what you're saying. I do think that's a really good point that you made. This is like people complaining that, oh, you know, both teams didn't get a chance. It's like there are two aspects to football. Like there's offense yeah. and there's defense. Like, like it, you did have a chance. Your defense did not make plays. And that's a good point you make about the Bills being one of the best defenses in the NFL. And absolutely, they had 13 seconds and then they had, you know, overtime. And I, I do agree with that 100%. And I, I I like this rule. And it's it's more for entertainment pur- purposes for yeah. the fans. That That's the main reason why I like it is because now we get a chance to see Josh Allen and, and yeah. Patrick Mahomes. And I respect that you, you know, you don't like this rule, even though you have said time and time again that Josh Allen was the best quarterback in the NFL during that time. Like, he, like you can kind of see it in a level-headed way where it's like, okay, but like they didn't get robbed or whatever. And I, I, yeah. I do like that. But I do also... Appreciate that. I, as as a fan, I uh, I like the I like having the ability to see both quarterbacks, but I do think we're still going to run into the same issues. Like, let's say we have that yeah. same game, and Patrick Mahomes scores first, and then Josh Allen goes and scores a touchdown, and then Patrick Mahomes scores a touchdown, and then okay, they won. Like, it's the same issue. Like now, now people are going to yeah, play. Like, oh, the Bills didn't get a, another chance, and it's like you, yeah. you know, it's the same problem. Joe, we're gonna run into like it's gonna get to the point where we're gonna have three quarters of like each team gets fifteen possessions, and yeah. you know whoever has the, mo- uh, the most points after that wins. Yeah. Here's here's my idea. This is an idea just for postseason. I know that they want to keep the games as short as possible, but just for postseason, this was my idea for an overtime. And I and I thought about this this week. Uh, I like the whole aspect of time being really important to an to a football yeah. game. Yeah. So I would love to have just ten minute quarter, one ten minute quarter. You play out the whole qu- the whole quarter, the whole overtime. You play it out. I think that would make for some really, really exciting football. Like at the end, like you're down by, you know, a, a field goal, and like you got to make you got to make some big plays, like with with a couple seconds left. I think that would be where where I would go for postseason. Just play an entire timed ten minute quarter. I I like that. Um, I feel like. I feel like I don't, or I, what I should say, I don't get why they didn't do that. Um, I get, I know, like you said, time is a thing, but when it gets to the playoffs, like if you're going to tell me some fans going to turn off the TV because the game's taking too long, I can tell you that's not true. If we would have had an extra 10 minutes of the, the chiefs bills game, even the yeah. chiefs, um, Bengals game, um, I would have been sign me up. I'm in. Absolutely. Uh, I like, I, I feel like they fixed a rule, but they did it in the wrong way. You know, yeah. like it's like, okay, they heard what we wanted. They did it, but it's like, uh, um, yeah. it'll be interesting. Hopefully maybe like, you know, if all of a sudden it backfires, it's all, it's postseason only. So maybe they'll change it again. I don't know. I would have just liked to have seen it stay because, you know, now certain teams got screwed over and certain teams didn't, whatever. But I, I feel like, like you said, it's just going to cause more problems after, you know, yeah. the, the first team who got the ball goes down on the third possession or second possession and scores and wins the game, you know? Yeah, I feel like yeah, I just think we're going to run into the same issues. People are going to complain again when, you know, Patrick Mahomes scores on the third possession and Josh Allen doesn't get a fourth possession. Like, I feel like the whole 10-minute thing could 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 fix that. Like, you just have time and that's it. Sorry, you ran out of time. You just just that's that's and then you have to like I think the Patriots would be killer at that cuz they're always very good at at time management. They're really good at like these long methodical drives. And if you come out, you know, a 7-minute drive uh, in overtime and score a touchdown like that kills the other team. I, I I just think that would add a really super I don't know interesting aspect to overtime. But yeah, you also had a really interesting question that you brought up uh, when we were talking about uh, the the uh, the this rule being changed. Uh, mm-hmm. You wanted to say what what that question was and I, when we can discuss it a little bit. Um, are you talking about like what other rules we should uh, yes. we should add or take away? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I wrote down a few. Um, I was thinking about it this week. I, I heard something on Pat McAfee show, and I was like, "Huh, like that'd be something that'd be fun to talk about." Like, what rules um, outside of the overtime rule would you like to see changed, taken away, added? Um, number one, of course, this is I can guarantee you're going to agree with this, but I said get rid of the taunt rule. Taunting needs to yes. go out the window, hundred yes, percent. Um, but one I have. That I don't know, like, uh, how, I know there's the, one of them, um, I have like two of them, so I'll just, I'll tell you both of mine. Um, add points on kickoffs. So basically, if you kick off, goes through the uprights, you know, it's like one point. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm to see that, 100%. That's like um, CFL. Yeah, like think about it. it, it would just be so fun seeing kickers like kick the tar out of the ball, if it goes through, like you're up one point <laughs> now, right? Okay. Um, also, why can punters 
punt the ball out of bounds at the one yard line or do their best, but kickers get penalized 40 yards on kickoffs. Like if they yeah. would kick it out of bounds at the one or two and pin your team all the way back, oh no, you're not at the 40. Um, yeah. you know, I, so I, I, like, I don't really understand that. Yeah. I, that's a good, it's a good point. I don't, I, I don't, maybe somebody smarter than me could explain to me why that's, yeah. that's a rule. I, 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 I do think that that would, that would definitely add an interesting aspect if you couldn't, or, or if you couldn't punt a punt out of bounds or, or if it's the other way around yeah. where you, where you couldn't, uh, or you, you would have to keep the, uh, I don't even know where I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought, but you would have to, you could punt or you could do a kickoff out of bounds. Like what if you do a kickoff and you kick it to the one yard line? That'd be kind of interesting uh, aspect of that. But yeah, no, those, those are cool rule to, uh, ideas for rule changes. The taunting rule for sure. Get that thing out of my life. I know there's this, this stupid touchback rule where if you're diving into the end zone and, you're, and, you, and the ball fumbles and it goes out and it's a touchback for the other team, that's a stupid rule to me too. That's that's really dumb. I think that's rewarding. I know it's it's like a forced fumble, but like the team didn't actually get a turnover. They shouldn't get the ball back. Like if anything, it should be a touchback. But the team that like lost possession, I feel like should should or the team that fumbled should just get the ball at the twenty yard line. So then, if it's third down, now it's like fourth and twenty from like their own twenty exactly. yard line. Like exactly. Exactly. To me, My, makes I was, sense. Yep. Hundred percent. Yeah, I was that, literally waiting for you to finish. I was gonna be like, that's it right there. Yeah, because that's like that's really crippling as well. It's it, it's almost like it's almost worse like than than having your opponent yeah. like no, I guess not worse, but like uh anyways, another rule I thought not really a rule, but just sort of a thing a pet peeve that I've had. Why is holding a 10-yard penalty? Like why can we not make holding a 5-yard penalty? Like just if I don't understand why it has to be like if you get a holding call on first down, like you basically cripple your drive. Like it's first and 20. Like I've always thought it's so dumb that holding is a is a 10-yard penalty. It's not like it's a dirty play. Like you like you're not like hurting people I, for the most part on holding plays and it's a ticky-tack foul. Like it's something you see basically on every single play there's holding. Like I don't understand why holding is such a devastating penalty. That's one thing I'd like to see change. See, this is what I don't get. On offense, if you're caught holding, it's a 10-yard penalty. Mhm. If the defense is caught holding, it's a five-yard penalty, and it's an yeah. automatic first down. Yeah, that I don't, is a I don't no, get, The like, automatic first down make, thing is stupid, too. Take away the automatic first down and just make holding five yards both ways. Like, yes. Thank you. 100%. Like, I, did, I did not I, even think about that on the defense. That's hilarious. Because if you think about it, if you can't say, well, what if they throw the ball 20 yards down the field and it's a holding? Like, well, then it's pass interference. It's not holding at that point. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. So then, it, then it's like, you're not going to just, it's not like you're all, you're only getting five yards when you should have gotten 20. Like, no, no, no. At yeah. that point, it's pass interference. It's down up there, which we could even say, why is pass interference, you know, like a spot foul? Um, yeah. Which... I like that it's a spot foul because if you're 15, 20 yards down the field and that's when it occurs, like, okay, that's where it happened. Not like, oh, five yards, you know, here you go. Like, no, no, no. He was doing it 20 yards down the field, bro. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. How often do you see a guy, like, bomb a, a ball 40 yards downfield and there's a holding on that? Like, that doesn't happen. Like, that's pass interference. No. Holding always no. happens, like, within, like, 10 yards of the line Five of yards or 10 yards, yeah. yeah. Like, it's, yeah, I, I totally, I really, yeah, I agree with that 100%. Like, uh, it should just be five yards both sides, both uh, both sides, and not a, an automatic first down. I think that happened. Did that not happen in the Super Bowl? A defensive holding that gave the Rams an automatic first down, or was that a? It might have been a pass interference. Yeah, yeah. I th or oh, I think it was it a defensive was, uh, holding. Ah, uh, who? It was Eli Apple, wasn't it? I, I I believe it was Eli Apple. Mike has cut it. His video is cutting out. So if all of a sudden this part of the episode is a little chaotic, I apologize for that. We're having more technical difficulties. We'll get him back on the call here. Mike, how you doing? Can you hear me? I now kind of cut uh, out again. All right. He's back. Sorry, guys. We're just having some technical difficulties. But we were talking. I, I believe it was Eli Apple who got that defensive holding. Um and it, and it gave the Rams a first down, and that was really controversial. Yep. Yeah, I do think that's a silly, a silly rule. I think it's just dumb. I think I think there's a lot of rules that need to be re-looked over. Um, 
I think Roger Goodell said Taunting was staying, though. So he apparently oh, had claimed they only missed four all year last year. And I was like, good night. Here we go. Uh, like, it's... it's well, did you see, like, just, the, Ty- well, the Tyree kill on the, in the Bills game when he gave the peace sign? Like, that should have been a taunting call, and they just mm-hmm. totally didn't call it. So it's like, why aren't you calling it there? Another one that got me, which this is... We don't necessarily need to change the rules for this, but I think it was the Pats... Pats Titans this year. Pats, I, I forget who they were playing. Matt, uh, Mac Jones was running out of bounds and the defender was right behind him. And, you know, he goes out of bounds. He's like three, four yards out of bounds and the defender grabs him, I guess trying to stop him, but in the action, pulled him to the ground. And they threw two flags. I was like, yep, Mac Jones running the so- other sideline, pointing first down, like we're going to get some yards. <sighs> and they take the flag away. And then they get the Patriots for taunting in the <laughs> huddle or something. And we ended up losing like 40 yards when we should have gained like 20 or 30 yards. I think just in general, we need to change the refs. I think the refs need to be yeah. held more accountable or something because last year the refs were awful. Yeah. Got to get the sky judge like we talked about last season. Bring in exactly. the sky judge. Um, exactly. Anyway, unless you have more rules that you'd like to change, we'll move on. That's all I got, Joe. I, very good. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a little Lions talk, and and then we'll get into oh, some, yeah. free, some free agent news. And uh, Mike, I know that you have plans, so if all of a sudden you got to go, just let me know, and I'll and I'll wrap up the show by myself. But uh, you can you can stay for as long as you want. Um, but a little Lions talk. The Detroit Lions officially. On Hard Knocks this year, we'll be following the Detroit Lions on Hard Knocks for the preseason, for training camp. I'm fired up about this, Mike. I don't know about you. Dude, I get to see MCDC, Motor City Dan Campbell, eating kneecaps live on TV, Joe. I mean, I I saw a poll like who's going to be the star of the show. And I was like, the fact that you have to ask that question is (laughs) utterly stupid. And Jared Goff was one of the the options. I was like, you're no, that no. Uh, uh, Dan Campbell is absolutely going to just be the star. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Like he is going to like, we're going to see a side of him. that I don't know if we've ever seen and it's going to get intense, Joe. I feel like he's going to be just all over the place. Absolutely. I I saw a lot of people hating on this, like, oh, this is boring. Why would we want this? I was like, this is one of the best teams for me. I would have, I've, I'm loving the fact that it's the Lions. Like, you're not going to get a Super Bowl contender on Hard Knocks. You never do. Like, it's just no. not a thing. Like, there are literal rules that bad teams get on Hard Knocks. There's rules in place. That, like, you can't have made the playoffs in the last two years. You can't have a new coach. And sometimes teams will waive that, like the Cowboys did last year. But like we always get bad teams. And to me, one of the most entertaining bad teams is the Lions because I think they're going in the right direction. And I think they have some, some, 100%. some young, talented players. Like I think this gets gives us a chance like to learn about some of the players. Like we don't know much about the Lions, but they have some players I think that we could benefit from learning more about. Like guys like like DeAndre Swift, guys like uh, TJ Hawkinson, who's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. And then, you know, what's going on with Jeffrey Akuda? He's been injured for the last couple of years. Uh, and then and then there's Amon Ross St. Brown, was one of the best rookie wide receivers oh, last yeah. year. I'm super excited to see, like, what he's all about. I don't know a whole lot about him as, like, a person. And then, like, their O-line, see, like, what Penny Sewell's all about and, like, Taylor Decker and, like, Frank Ragnow played last year with, like, a fractured throat. Like, that sounds like an entertaining guy to me. So, to me, and, and I hope, and I hope, Mike, I hope they draft a rookie quarterback so that we can see some quarterback competition oh. between Jared Goff and like Malik Willis or, or Desmond Ritter or one of these. I, I, to me, that would add a whole nother layer of entertainment to, the, to this hard knock. Dude, I can, just see, I can just see Dan Campbell like ripping Jared Goff a new one <laughs> um, and just telling him how the, the rookie quarterback is just, yeah, dude, you just lost your job. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like Dan Campbell is also one of the most emotional uh, coaches. I feel like... If there's anything he cares about, it's his team and winning. Absolutely. And you just, you know, he wants to see his team succeed. And we, they were like four or five games away. Um, or they were down, like there were four or five games where they could have won in the final mm-hmm. seconds, but just kind of got, um, you know, the the bad end of the, the unlucky uh, breaks. So they could have had a decent uh, run last year. So like you said, they're a team we really don't know much about. And I feel like they are moving in the right direction. And I'm just as excited as you are um, to, to see uh, what they do this offseason. Um, I know you asked me a question 
um, leading up to this podcast, kind of like some teams or uh, players or, you know, docu-series we would like to see from other teams and players. Yes. And uh, Joe, I'm curious, like who, uh, who are, uh, which teams you wrote down? Yeah, we were talking about how, um, you know, I love Hard Knocks. I know, I think you love Hard mm-hmm. Knocks and like, and stuff oh, like yeah. that. And I, I don't know if you ever watched The Last Dance. America's uh, Game. The yeah, Last America's, Dance, I saw it, yes. Yeah, Last Dance was awesome. That, I, I kind of thought of The Last Dance more so when I thought about this, but yeah. What other teams throughout history or wherever you want to take it, players or, or like specific players or to me, I, I took it as what, what team and I only have mm-hmm. like two, so I don't have a lot, but what team or teams would you love to have seen like a full season, like docu-series about kind of like the last dance or like hard knocks with the Colts last year during the season. And to mm-hmm. me, one of the most entertaining teams I think possible that you could have had was the 2020 to 2021 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. To me, that is the team I think would have been the most entertaining docu-series like you could possibly imagine. Like, so they won the Super Bowl. That's like, that's one thing that would make it very entertaining. And then let me just list off the players and the coaches that would be entertaining. Like you got Tom Brady, obviously Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, who's I think a, a nut sometimes. Then you got Gronk. Then you got Ndamukong Sue, JPP, Vita Vea, Leonard Fournette, and then Shady McCoy was on that team. We don't even remember that. I know he didn't really play, but like, it'd be interesting to see him on that team. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and I think Jason Light, their GM, is kind of like a wild card. He's kind of like a funny guy sometimes. And then, halfway through the season, they add Antonio Brown to the mix. So oh just my co- goodness. complete chaos. Like, what it would have been like to see, like, what's going on in that locker room. And you always hear from that season, like players are like, when Tom Brady came in, he completely changed the culture. I would love to see how Tom Brady did that. How did he change the culture? How did he get the winning ways out of them? Like, how did he change the vibe within that within that locker room? Just 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 stuff like that. I would I would just love to see, you know, and then you have to deal with all the COVID-19 issues as well. Yep. And then they won the Super Bowl in their hometown, the first team ever. So to me, that team. I would love to have seen a doc series about about the 2020-2021 uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, Joe, that's true. Um, also, instead of just ending it there, go one more season to where yeah. we can see Antonio Brown's, like the, the fallout yes. of Antonio Brown yeah. and the collapse in the playoffs, like how you go from so high to just so low, you know? Yes. Like, and then Brady retires, like just keep it going, like. Now that would be that's pure entertainment right there. To be fair, like I would have been one hundred percent down to watch that. Absolutely. Um, one I wrote down. This is of course I wouldn't want to see it like today. This would be like back in like twenty seventeen. I would have loved to have seen it, but it's like the twenty sixteen Falcons, a team okay. that was utterly oh. dominant, a team that you know no one really thought was going to get there. They had Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. They had a really like an unbelievable defense. Um, and they just go on this awesome run. I believe they finished 11 and five first in the division. They get all the way to the Super Bowl and then have the greatest Super Bowl collapse anyone has ever seen. And I hate to keep bringing it up because I'm a Pats fan. Patriots fan. Yeah. They're up 28 to three and out, not, not because like, Oh, I want to laugh, but I want to know what happened and why they decided to run the ball four times in the second half being up 28 to three Kyle Shanahan, offensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, head coach. I would like to go in depth and just, I would like to understand what happened to like, what happened in that game? What happened? Like what led up to them deciding to do this? Like they had plenty of success in the first half and to have it all just disappear and blow up in their face is just something I've always wondered. I've always wanted to see. Yes. And like their reactions, like how do you even react to that devastating, devastating loss? Like I, that would definitely be a very sad ending to, to that documentary for sure. That, that's a really good pick. Uh, I love that pick. Um, I mean, that would be definitely a depressing ending to that, to that documentary. Yeah, for sure. Uh, real quick, I got one more. This is kind of just a wild okay. card, a weird one. Like I was trying to think of Dolphins teams throughout the years that I would love to see just because I'm a Dolphins fan. I thought of the 2017 Miami Dolphins, and hear me out. Okay. There's a specific reason. This is the year Ryan Tannehill tears his ACL in training camp. So uh, who who comes through walking through the door other than Jay Cutler to come and play quarterback out of nowhere for the Miami Dolphins, a team that's trying to make it back to the playoffs. They made the playoffs the year before. You have Adam Gase, who's a complete nutcase. Um, 
You bring in Jay Cutler, who I, I don't know if you've ever, he has a podcast. I've seen him on other podcasts. He seems like a very entertaining guy. Have him come in. Um, and then, you know, him and Adam Gase, that relationship. Halfway through the season, they trade Jay Ajayi to the Eagles. That's definitely oh, an interesting. that's right. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. And then also, they have a three-game winning streak at the beginning of the season. So they're four and two. And then they have a five-game losing streak right after that three-game winning streak. So just brutal, like just ups and downs, ups and downs. And then they have that insane, I remember the Monday night football game where Jay Cutler balls out against the Patriots. Jakeem Grant mosses Malcolm Butler, like, like just a weird game out of nowhere where they beat the Patriots. And also the last game of the season, they have an all-out brawl with the Buffalo Bills where I think yep. Kenyon Drake rips off a Buffalo Bills like player's helmet. Just like, I feel like the pure chaos of that season would be incredible to see it in a docuseries. And now the more I say it, the more I absolutely want that. And I might go back and just watch that season just on my own time. Joe, that's a good one. Uh, to follow up with that, I might as well go with a Pats, a Pats um, docuseries. And it was a 20, I think a 2017, 2018 season. Brady's last year in New England. Um, they started the season nine and one. If I'm wrong, it was either nine and one or eight and two. And they finished as a wild card team and lost the first game. They were the first team out of the playoffs to the Tennessee Titans after putting up 14, 13 points oh, in the playoffs. Yes. I would have loved to see, not just just for um, football-related reasons, like why they got rid of some players and their, the acquisitions they got that year, but the rift. I've always wondered that, you know, you hear all the media about Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, Robert Kraft. Yes. I would love to have a docu series on when the rift started. And if there's an actual rift, if they actually hate each other, which I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady like just despise each other. <laughs> um, but I would just love to go in depth on what the heck happened. Like, I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded um, and Robert Kraft basically forced that trade because Bill Belichick tried to get rid of Tom Brady. And it was just this, like, I would love to just know what went on yes. behind the scenes that we're not like none of us know about, you know, yes. I, I'm sure that would have a lot more interest from everybody else than my 2017 Dolphins. But definitely that would be, that'd be a very entertaining just to see the behind the scenes of all that drama and everything. 100%. Yeah. Hey Joe, um, I got to run. Me yeah. and my wife are uh, heading out of town. Um, right. Sorry to uh, to jump out of y'all, uh, jump out of the podcast early uh, to all the fans out there, but I know it's in good hands. Joe's gonna finish this thing off with a bang. Yes, um, I got it. So, guys, I can't wait for the next one. We will definitely see y'all in the next one. Yeah, man. See ya, Mike. Thanks for joining us, and I will I'll close it out strong by myself. Uh, just just one more segment, just talking about best free agent signings that we uh that we would uh love to see here um so goodbye to mike and hello to just me it's just me on the end of this podcast just like old times um love talking about the the docuseries segment that was really fun i'm sure i'm basically the only one in the world that would love to see a 2017 miami dolphins docuseries but the more i thought about it the more i thought it would be so fun to see Jay Cutler come in. He was living in a hotel at that point, like just to see that whole thing. And then, uh, you know, just the chaos of it, like Jay Ajayi being traded and, and just the, the huge brawl with the Bills at the end of the season and that win on Monday Night Football. It's just the highs and the lows, like a three-game winning streak. You're four and two. Then you drop five in a row, and it's just a complete disaster and just basically an average Miami Dolphins season uh, for me. But anyways, moving on to the final segment. Best free agent fits for some of the remaining free agents. And we're recording this on Saturday. This will probably go up on Monday or Tuesday. Um, so these guys might be signed by now. But I have a few that I would just like to see uh, here to close out the show. There's still, you know, there's still some good names left. Most of the, most of the big names are gone now. Uh, but, and we're kind of shifting into draft mode. We might talk draft in the future on this podcast. But there's a couple free agents remaining. I just wanted to, you know, just, just see signings that i'd just to, you know talk about signings that i'd like to see uh with with the remaining guys in the free agency pool first up we have tyron matthew and i was hoping to get mike on this part of the podcast because i was going to talk about tyron matthew to the patriots to me makes a ton of sense and i know they just went out and they signed jabril peppers from the giants uh and, and i do like that signing sort of a versatile 
a guy who hasn't who hasn't quite figured it all out. He has played well at times in his uh, career, but you know, just getting the best out of him is what I think Bill Belichick is uh, has the ability to do. And, and to have Tyron Matthew, I know he's not the same guy he used to be. I believe he's 30, 29, something like that now. So he's getting older, uh, and he's not like a, he's not really even a safety anymore. He he's more of a nickel corner. But just to have a guy who's kind of versatile, who comes into a team that's in desperate need of corners. Uh, they lost J.C. Jackson. They don't have Stephon Gilmore there anymore. You know, bring in Tyron Matthew uh, to a, t- uh, a team uh, with Bill Belichick, who I think gets the best out of players in the secondary. He gets the best out of players. Like J.C. Jackson, I believe, was undrafted. I could be wrong. I think he was maybe a late-round pick. But not a huge, you know, first-round you know, selection. Got the best out of him. He got paid. He was one of the best corners in the league last year, in the last couple of years. Stephon Gilmore... He was good in Buffalo, but uh, Bill Belichick in that defensive scheme kind of turned him into the best defensive back in the NFL and, and defensive player of the year. So to bring Tyron Matthew, a guy with a ton of talent, a ton of smarts, like this is a move I do not want to see if I'm a, if you know, because I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. For selfish reasons, I do not want to see the Honey Badger on the Patriots. But this is what the Patriots do. They sit in waiting. They wait for, you know, the first wave of free agency to pass. And then they pick up these guys that you're like, oh my goodness, no. How did we let them go and get this guy? And I can just see that happening here with the Honey Badger. I think that he would absolutely thrive and and be kind of that leader of that defense that they maybe lost with Dante Hightower, who's still available, but I I don't know if he's still going to be playing, you know, this season or, or into the future. It seems like they're kind of done with Dante Hightower. But definitely the Honey Badger to the Patriots is a very, very intriguing uh, signing and I think it would make the Patriots a really really spicy team and I think that would be a really good fit for Tyron Matthew and then on to the next uh, one I would love to see Dwayne Brown the tackle formerly of the Seahawks and the Texans he's still available he's still a solid tackle I'd love to see him sign with the Indianapolis Colts um, this is a team they just brought in Matt Ryan uh, you know he's a guy who you know obviously like every other quarterback, he thrives best when he's got good protection. And he played really, really well last year when he was protected well. The biggest problem was he was hardly ever protected well in Atlanta. Their offensive line fell apart at times last year. Um, I know there was a primetime game. I think it was against the Patriots. I think it was against the Patriots where, um, I mean, that offensive line struggled so bad. The Patriots just kind of had their way with Matt Ryan, and he struggled and looked bad, and you could tell he was just frustrated. So to me, you're bringing in Matt Ryan. You want to get the best out of him. Just protect him. Uh, get him protection. I think they already have pieces on that offensive line, but Eric Fisher's no longer there. I think tackle is still a need for them. So bring in Dwayne Brown. Fill that tackle position. Get Matt Ryan protection. And then on to the next guy I have on my list, and it's Stephon Gilmore we just talked about. Him being the, the former defensive player of the year for the New England Patriots. Uh, Stephon Gilmore, I would love to see him on the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, this, this actually makes a ton of sense if you think about it. Josh McDaniels, formerly uh, the offensive co- coordinator of the New England Patriots. So he was there when uh, Stephon Gilmore was, was winning the defensive player of the year and, and dominating in the NFL. Bring him in. He played all right last year. He's not the same guy. Obviously, he's, he's getting a little older. But the but the the Raiders are in desperate need of corners. Their defense, I still think, has a lot to be you know a lot that needs to be fixed. They did bring in Rocky Sin. Bring in you know a veteran cornerback to help coach up Rocky Sin, a, a younger cornerback who they got for Yannick Ngakwe. By the way, Yannick Ngakwe for Rocky Sin that trade. Maybe the craziest names to ever be traded for each other in any sport ever. Yannick Ngakwe and Rock Yassin. That is an unbelievable name. Just this jumble of names. Just incredible. But also incredible is Stefan Gilmore when he's playing at his peak. And, and him on the Raiders, I think he would just do an incredible job of just being that leader you know just kind of coaching up like i said a guy like rocky sin i just like saying rocky sin at this point and and just being that leader and 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 that the raiders really need they have a lot of young they have some young talented players there but just to bring in that vet and and a guy who still i think can play at a high level bring him in on a on a cheap deal and have him reunite with josh mcdaniels and a lot of that patriot staff that was there in new england when 
Stephon Gilmore was there. And then to close it out, I got a cup uh three receivers that are still on the market. Still some decent receivers on the market. Um, I think it has to do with the fact that there's a million really good receivers in the draft. I love the draft receivers. And also every receiver is just getting traded for and brand new huge contracts. Uh, but there's there's three receivers that I that intrigue me, and that's the two former teammates, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. And then there's Julio Jones, one of the greatest receivers of all time, one of the greatest, if not the greatest receiver of this generation. Uh, he's still on the board. So Julio Jones, I would love to see him go to the Green Bay Packers. And I know uh, Julio Jones didn't have a great year last year with the Titans, and it was a massive disappointment. Only scored a touchdown, I think, in the last um, last uh, game of the season. But if 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 he was gonna have another season. You know, to bounce back, a bounce back season. Uh, what better place than in in Green Bay? You know, Green Bay. You got you got Aaron Rodgers, who who's great at making receivers. Uh, you know, look better. And I think he he could kind of play the same role that a guy like um, Devontae Adams plays. Obviously, at a much lesser level right now because of of his age. I think that that would definitely be the case. But I would love to see if if he can have a bounce back year. Can it be with the Green Bay Packers? And and they just need help at the wide receiver position. They just need help. They have nothing right now at the wide receiver position. So bring in Julio Jones. And then Odell Beckham Jr. I just had a signing for the Colts just a few ago. Here's another one. Bring in Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, the Colts are another team. They don't have a whole lot at receiver. Michael Pittman I really like. But other than that, they're not deep at receiver at all. They need receivers. I definitely think they'll they'll pick up a receiver at some point. Uh, in this draft, they don't have a first round pick, so maybe in the second round. Uh, and I think there'll still be a lot of really good receivers uh, available then. But bring in Odell Beckham. You don't need him. And he's got that, you know, torn Achilles, I believe it. Oh, no, I think it was an ACL. He tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. You know, you don't need him right away. Uh, you can have him sit, get healthy. And then when you get into that playoff run, that late, you know, December area where you, you know, January, where you need to make those big games, you bring in Odell Beckham. And he's just a talented receiver. He immediately becomes, you know, the second, maybe even first receiver on your team. Uh, you can pair him with Michael Pittman. I just think that would be a real nice add and a guy that could just make a difference down the stretch. Like we saw with the Rams. He made a huge difference down the stretch with the Los Angeles Rams. I think he could do very similar things for a team that I think is, is really expecting to compete this year in the Indianapolis Colts. So that's definitely another signing I'd like to see. And then just one more to end it off. <laughs> People say ending things off with a bang. This is maybe not ending things off with a bang. But Jarvis Landry, still available. He's a he's a guy that I really like. And, and I wouldn't mind seeing him on the Dolphins. But I tried to leave the Dolphins out of it. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to talk just about the Dolphins all the time. This is an NFL podcast, not a Miami Dolphins podcast. I'd love to see Jarvis Landry sign with the Chicago Bears. And it's because Justin Fields... Has you know he didn't have a whole lot of help last year. He had Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney's okay. Um, Matt Nagy was bad, but you know get the guy some help. Get the get the young kid some help. Bring in uh, a receiver who you know he's not flashy. He's getting up there in age, but he's a savvy veteran. He can help coach up. You know Justin Fields. Get the best out of him. I'm really high on Justin Fields. I think bringing him, bring in a guy who can just make a tough catch. You just need a bucket. You know, like they say in the NBA, a guy, get you a guy who can just get you a bucket. Get you a guy who can just, you know, on fourth and, or on fourth and four, on, on, on third and five, get you a guy who can get those seven yards on third and five, get those six yards on, on third and four. Just, you know, he's not going to beat anybody deep, but he's got tremendous hands and just a consistent safety blanket uh, for a guy like Justin Fields. Bring in, and, you know, bring him in and, and he's immediately probably the best receiver on their team because they have nothing at wide receiver right now. Right now, their top three wide receivers are the aforementioned Darnell Mooney, who, who's a fine receiver. I think he can, he can get better. But then you have uh, Byron Pringle, who they brought in from the Chiefs, who's he's all right. Listen, he's nothing to write home about. And then their third receiver is Equinemius St. Brown who's not even the best St. Brown brother in the NFL. He's a guy who, who couldn't, you know, couldn't hack it on the Green Bay Packers, uh, who, who, you know, are constantly looking for better receivers. He could, he could not hack it on that team. But, yeah, definitely seeing Jarvis Landry on the Chicago Bears would be entertaining. But 
that's pretty much going to wrap up today's show. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, I said a little bit of a shorter episode. It's not too short. It's still decently long. Um, excited to be back again, like, like, I, like I said last week. And um, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, make sure you guys follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok as Mike's putting out some fire content on TikTok at underscore average Joe show. Make sure you guys follow it there. Uh, you know, drop some comments. Make sure you get on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Podbean or wherever you listen to this podcast. Please, 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 come on, please give us a five-star rating. Don't make me beg anymore. Give us a five-star rating. Uh, give us a review. If you love the show, if you hate the show, write something mean, but still give us five stars. I don't care. Just, just give us the five stars. They'll never know. Give us the five stars. It helps us uh, gain traction. And uh, yeah, just continue to download and subscribe to the podcast. If you subscribe, it automatically downloads it for you when the, when the podcast gets up- uploaded. So easy. Makes life so easy. Um, but yeah, I guess that's, that, that's going to wrap up today's show. Uh, I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for another episode. Really fun episode. I had a good time. Uh, for Mike, who is already out the door at his place, for myself, and for you guys, we will catch you guys on the next one. 